Hi, everyone, and thank you very much for having me here and organizing this lovely conference. I guess this must be the first time that I speak from the clouds, so bear with me. Um, maybe too much disappointment, I'm not going to start this talk talking about what is the definition of defects. I think that would escape uh, most of us. The term is so broad in meaning today that um, I'm going to put that aside and instead uh, try to go through maybe the three main steps that I think are important and actually guide our work uh, at DeepTrace. So one is about explaining what are the capabilities and the access to technology and the four commodification of tools. The second is about real-world impact beyond speculation today that we already see and the four consequences. And third, what can we do about this and the four countermeasures. So let's start with capabilities with an example. Um, pick one of these people and think about um, you're talking to one of these people or you know, this is their profile on social media. You're talking to them on your mobile phone maybe when you're going back um, commuting from work. How long would it take for you to realize that uh, this is a fake profile? This is actually not a real person. How long would it take for somebody that never heard of defects before to realize this is a fake person they're talking to? Those people are actually generated synthetically by algorithms in batches very cheaply. You can see they are um, organized by ethnicity maybe on, the, on one axis and gender and uh, age on the other one. Um, next one, um, how many people have seen uh, The Shining, the movie? I guess almost everyone. Who is the main actor, leading character? Are you sure? Hey, weather forecast said it's going to snow tonight. <clears throat> what do you want me to do about it? Come on, hon. Don't be so grouchy. I'm not being grouchy. I just want to finish my work. Okay, I understand. I'll come back later on with a couple of sandwiches for you, and maybe you'll let me read something then. You got it? Wendy, <clears throat> let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. And it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Okay, this is a funny experiment um, that has swapped the faces of Jim Carrey onto um, Jack Nicholson. Um, and essentially can put uh, words on Jim Carrey's mouth when he has never been in The Shining or said those things. Another example maybe is uh, this controversial interview that was uh, aired just a few months ago. Do you remember this one? When there's so many haters, I really don't care because their data has made me rich beyond my wildest dreams. This is uh, something different happening here. This is called uh, lip synchronization. So this actually didn't happen. Um, somebody recorded a voice, like an actress, and essentially there is an algorithm that would synchronize the lip movement of Kim Kardashian to speak uh, that speech. Um, again, this gives you more flexibility on what we could call the video impersonation. So these are some of the capabilities that the technology gives in our hands today. But uh, maybe you would argue, what's really new here? Aren't fake and forgery been around since forever, since maybe the beginning of photography? Um, 
Yes, but uh, my point, the, my argument is there is something new today which I think is related to the fact that those technologies are now becoming a commodity. They are easy to access, they are inexpensive, you don't need uh, necessarily a very specialized hardware. Um, you don't need to have a PhD in computer vision or in computer graphics, anything like that. And in particular, they start to address and reach other complex medium of information like videos and audio, maybe not like before. And if you really want to point to one single reason why this is happening today and not 10, 15 years ago, maybe this is the case of deep learning. So with deep learning, and in particular, it's a very fast advances in area like image generation, just um, in about five years' time. I've gone through pixelated uh, uh, gray uh, scale images of faces into something that will fool most people, I would say. And this is really because here the machine is doing most of the job, just watching m thousands or millions of human faces and release the programmer to actually tell to the machine what even a human face is. They will realize by themselves, looking at many, many examples. Up to the point that today, literally by clicking, you can generate picture like this, or, or actually one is a photo, the other one is a fiction of an algorithm. But in a few seconds, I'm sure most of you will actually have trouble to tell me which is which, right? And I'm going to leave this as a mystery. So with technology, that's not, that's not all. It's all. It is also about access. This is coming out from a research lab. It is now in the hands of uh, open source developers that improve, make it more usable, build the graphical user interfaces also for people to make synthetic videos without any programming experience. And further, we started to see in our research, there are marketplaces and bespoke portal and services that would make fake audio for $10 for you, or maybe fake videos for $3, because there is also a discount today. And with access and the low price comes scale. If you look back at the internet in 2017, we would have seen a handful of videos on Reddit. That's where uh, everything started, face swap on, uh, on a porn video, actually, on Reddit at the beginning. Last month, we measured and we counted on the internet more than 13 synthetic videos overall from many different sources. And maybe, um, not a surprise, still today, the main concern is in fake pornography. So what we thought maybe was, um, was a game or just a, an accident at the beginning, this is actually establishing because it is a, a revenue model that people are exploiting to make business. So it's not going to disappear tomorrow unless it is stopped somehow. But uh, scale gives you an idea of the proportion of the problem, not really of the severity or the dangers that are attached to it. So I'm going to go through quickly two, example, two examples that we saw happening this year. One um, is related to a LinkedIn profile. So Katie Jones is a Stanford graduate that, very, um, that had a prestigious job at one of the most prestigious think tanks in the US, very well connected with uh, um, Congress and Federal Reserve. There is one problem. Katie Jones actually doesn't exist. This was a LinkedIn profile, very well connected with other real LinkedIn profile, although it was reported as an attempt of um, foreign spying activity to the US government. Maybe even more dramatically, and this, is, this wasn't very much reported in Western media, it happened in Africa. Uh, this gentleman here is uh, the president of Gabon, Ali Bongo. And the backstory is the following. So Ali Bongo was missing uh, from the public scene for months, a because uh, he was hospitalized abroad. 
And the public opinion, after a while, started to question uh, if he was alive at all and uh, requested proof from the government. The government released a New Year's statement uh, after three months at the beginning of the year. And uh, unfortunately, that video didn't convince many people in Gabon because um, that's very short and uh, the president itself doesn't appear as normal. Uh, maybe his voice uh, is sounded a little bit different. His eyes uh, are also a little bit odd looking, as you may see here. People started to call this video a fake over Facebook. More dramatically, one week after the release of the video, a militia group in Gabon started occupying um, governmental buildings in an attempt for a revolution, also citing to the press the fact that they didn't believe this as a proof of the president being alive. Long story short, the coup was only attempted, unfortunately, and um, the president is still in charge today. This might have been a defake, we didn't believe so, um, other experts didn't believe so. The point is not that. The point is just the doubt that is instilled in the public opinion today with the awareness that these tools could have created this video was enough to spark violence and political turmoil in a country. And we'll see this over and over, unfortunately, I believe. So what we can do about this? Maybe people that have been dealing with counterfeit can teach us something, at least uh, in abstract, so people that have been looking into fake notes essentially follow two strategies against counterfeit. One is you make them very difficult to replicate. Second, you build the tools that can scan and uh, take a look at that physical piece of paper and tell you if it is fake or not, like a proof, like a detection. So that's kind of the two main areas that also people working on uh, um, technology for solution for defects have been following in a way. So the first parallel would be with uh, control capture. Explain very simply, at the, um, in a nutshell, the idea is you would install software on your phone or on any camera, and uh, anytime you take a picture, you would sign it cryptographically, and anytime you want to show uh, to somebody else that that image, that video is authentic, you would also send them the signature. They can check themselves if the signature is broken, then maybe they don't trust you. If the signature is still valid and matches, then they will trust you. It will be very hard to actually manufacture that signature by yourself. So this sounds very intuitive if you, at least you've heard of these technologies before. And indeed, it's a very intuitive technology as a solution. Um, well, just to put that aside, if you have in mind any question about uh, bitcoins or blockchain, well, yeah, that would be this kind of bucket, but I'm going to put this aside and I'm not trying to talk about this right now. But um, the main issue is that there are some fundamental problems here with related to, in relation with uh, control capture. First of all, what if that um, mechanism for creating signature is stolen? We will need a way to um, revoke and update um, every device possibly that are around. This sounds to be more complicated than what we believe at the beginning. Then there is a problem that, well, maybe you generally want to do some video editing and uh, you're going to be breaking that signature. So then you could devise more complex way to track all the editing of that piece of media. Again, it starts to be more complicated, but still feasible. The problem is, though, when uh, we uh, touch the, the latest point, which I think is very fundamental, if somebody is going to send to a journalist a video without a signature, should that journalist just reject it by default because uh, they didn't provide a signature? Or maybe we should assume that it's going to be very hard to install this software in every camera in the world to make that happen. So that brings us to the second family of solution, um, which is more related to fake detection. 
is a very active area of research at the moment. And um, it essentially boils down to use the same type of technology that is used for synthesis, namely deep learning, for detection. Given enough data, can you train a deep neural network that can tell you something about uh, the authenticity or the potential manipulation in that particular video? So people have been looking into detecting artifacts left by algorithm that synthesize media. They've been looking into studying mannerism of uh, celebrities and politicians so that we could flag later on when a video of Barack Obama doesn't really look or sound like his. Or other concepts are related to camera fingerprint and um, how some algorithm would actually break those statistical patterns that you could otherwise always find in picture and images. Or metadata, we can actually give attribution um, and understand some of what are the software or the library that might have been behind the creation of that video. So there is no winner-take-all solution here, but I think there is a promise of uh, providing a lot of signals for people that do media verification and uh, um, to do that potentially at scale. But to conclude, what I believe here is technology alone will not be solving the problem. I think deepfakes are inherently first a problem for psychology and second for technology. And therefore, I think we need to come down to the understanding that the reason why we believe today that a piece of media like a video is a factor representation of reality simply because until yesterday there was no technology able to manipulate videos so realistically and cheaply for everybody to use. So maybe I'll leave you with uh, um, some food for thoughts. Uh, I guess with a parallel uh, with what people already embrace from a security and cybersecurity perspective. If today we don't trust the software that is downloaded from the internet from unknown, unverified sources, why we should trust videos that come to us to consume in the same way? I think we need to educate ourselves to go um, forward in, uh, in this conviction. Thank you very much.